Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. I'm your host for this one, John Siegley, joined by former UNC defensive lineman <laughs> EJ Wilson. So this being the week of Virginia, we normally would have the Ask Taylor and EJ show, but uh, we're switching things up a little bit here because uh, for those that may not know, EJ is from Virginia, so this is a very special week for him, and we'll get to that just here in a second. But first off, EJ, we talked about it off air just a few minutes ago. Man, that Syracuse loss, another heartbreak. What are your takeaways from watching that game? Well, I actually have a lot of good takeaways. I know we spoke last week about what we really had to do was contain Dungy, and I felt like we did a pretty good job of that. I mean, he he didn't really do anything to hurt us with his legs. I know he was uh, pulled from the game in the fourth quarter, but while he was there, uh, he wasn't really effective, so I really am uh, happy with uh, what I saw from the defense, and we were able to move the ball, something that, I mean, over the last couple of weeks, we're really starting to pick up steam and momentum on the offensive and the defensive side, but probably more noticeably on offense, and I'm just, I'll just like the way we move the ball I think but I think at the progress that we're going I mean we really have a lot to look forward to the season um we, we've spoken a couple times about the resiliency of this team and it from the looks of things it doesn't look like they've given up so I won't give up on them either yeah the team continues to show fight and you know, these losses though man I, I just don't know how much longer they can keep it up because as demoralizing as it has as it is for fans it's got to be that much worse for the actual guys on the team we've talked we touched on that before EJ so I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again <laughs> but just real quick your thoughts on the end of regulation because I'm interested to hear from a former player perspective when Carolina got the interception ball in the Syracuse 40 with uh, you know about 50 some odd seconds left and then Carolina goes deep twice on a pass incomplete they actually lose a yard on a QB draw and then give the ball back to Syracuse with two seconds left when you were watching that sequence of plays what were you thinking and you know if you're gonna play a little Sunday morning quarterback here what do you think the Tar Heels could have done differently there in that situation if anything I was just looking like, why aren't we doing the same things that have put us in the position to win this game? That we, that same thing that we've been doing all day. I mean, we were having some success running the ball. We were having some success passing. So the quarterback draw and as long as well with the two deep passes kind of threw me off a little bit. I really wanted us to see us uh, kind of go to those running backs who, I mean, had another uh, solid day again on Saturday. So I was really hoping that we would put the ball in their hands because, I mean, the signs of a good offense is that you run the ball when you need to you run the ball when you have to and you run the ball when you want to and I just think that uh we, we probably should have taken some more opportunity to at least try to get it in field goal range so as far as as me like I said I probably would have tried to run the ball uh, and then uh, I would have definitely tried to run the ball on first down and if we didn't get a, a chunk play I just call a timeout just to want to keep the flow of the offense the same because that's a common mistake you see from a lot of teams uh no matter what level of football you're on uh, when it starts to get down to crunch time in these situations sometimes teams go away from what's really gotten you there uh, in the past so for me I would have just stuck to my guns and, and ran the same uh, type of offense that I've been running all game I mean at that point uh, it was a tight game we had nothing to lose so stick to your guns I mean that, that's the only adjustment or only point that I would have to make about what uh, happened at the end of the game on Saturday 
There were a lot of fans I think would definitely agree with you there, EJ. So again, it's very interesting to hear the perspective of someone that's actually played real <laughs> college football and beyond to get that insight because, you know, all of us sitting here on our couches, the majority of us were nowhere near the college football level. The best that we can do is, you know, nitpick. And, you know, it, it's good to, to really hear you guys break it down. So let's then turn to Virginia. And I'm kind of wanting to make this podcast kind of get some good war stories because you being from Virginia, let's go all the way back to high school, EJ. When you were a even like freshman in high school on up through your senior year, you know, what was your perspective of Virginia at that point in your life? At that point in my life, UVA could do no wrong. I mean, it was the, the mecca of, of everything to me. Uh, m- many people may not know. Uh, you may not remember Brian Stiff, but he's the all-time leading scorer at UVA uh, in U- the UVA Sports Hall of Fame. I went to his high school, uh, and he was one of my mentors growing up. He was really close with some of my older cousins. So he took a particular interest, uh, not only myself athletically, but academically. So, of course, uh, he's feeding me this UVA stuff i'm going to uva football camps i'm going to uva basketball camps so uh in my mind uva was the place where i was always going uh tech kind of entered the picture for me later on in my recruiting picture but uh, my whole life i just knew i was going to uh, play football at the university of virginia but i'm glad i made the right decision and uh took my talents to chapel hill so when did the tide start like to shift there did virginia did they actually recruit you heavily early on? Were you reaching out to them? Like, what kind of contact was there with uh, the Cavaliers during your high school career? There's a lot of contact, especially early on. I think I received my first correspondence from them my freshman year in, uh, in high school. Uh, being Like I mentioned, being at Brian Stith went to our high school, the UVA football coaches, they had full reign over our school. So they were uh, able to honestly get a little bit more input from teachers, from faculty and staff than most other schools would. So uh, they definitely recruited me uh, early on. They recruited me hard. They actually offered me a chance to maybe walk on the basketball team if I had been there. I'd had a relationship with the coaches on that staff from the the uh, camps and everything that I've been to, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, they, they, every, every season, uh, probably about mid season, they would send uh, one of their coaches to school to kind of spend the day with me. So um, they definitely uh, pursued me heavy on. And uh, I was definitely up at, well, up until I got a visit from uh, Kenny Browning, uh, my senior, my uh, junior, the end of my junior year in high school, I just knew I was going to UVA, but uh, coach Browning kind of helped sway me in the right direction. And you talked about Coach Browning on the podcast that we did with Mike Ingersoll over the summer when we really talked about you know what it's like to be recruited. So for anyone listening that wants to get that full breakdown, you can go on whatever podcast listener device you have. Check out some of the old IC podcasts. I think we did that one in like May. So, you know, I would definitely encourage everyone to go back and listen to that one. So then, you know, as you mentioned in that podcast and as you just said, EJ, you talk with Coach Browning. You got down to to campus here in Chapel Hill, and from then on out, you were true blue, Tar Heel all the way. So as a freshman then in Chapel Hill, the first year that you played UVA, what was your mindset like going into that game? Did you feel extra nervous? Because I'd imagine that it had to mean a little bit more for you, especially that very first time. 
I mean, even early on in my playing career, man, my freshman year, I played a lot, but I wasn't a starter. I always had a different approach to my uh, preparation for that week. So uh, what don't, not, not many people know is that uh, Jamil Sewell, who was the starting quarterback for UVA, even in uh, my freshman year, was uh, like a brother to me. So he and both Jeffrey Fitzgerald, who played defensive end for UVA, we all uh, grew up playing AAU basketball together, and we all had the plan to go to the same school. But I kind of, those guys decided to go to UVA, and after meeting with coach brown and i said you know what guys we've been together our whole lives it's time for me to kind of make my own way so i was the first this is the first chance i ever get to play football against uh my brother so i'm i'm extra excited i'm hype i couldn't sleep the night before the game it's all i was talking about uh all my family members and uh friends that uh knew both of us they were excited and they all came to the game it was actually a thursday night game I'll never forget it because it was October 19th, which just happened to be uh, Jamil's birthday. So it was a pretty big deal for uh, for both of us. Unfortunately, uh, UVA came out on top on that game, but it's definitely, it, it's focused. It's like, I feel I want to have bragging rights, not only within the conference, but I want to go home and kind of be able to puff my chest out a little bit. But uh, after my freshman year, I go into the barbershop uh, where he and I both got our haircut and there were uh, pictures from the sports page of the Richmond time dispatch of him turning the corner for a touchdown run. And the only thing you can see in the frame <laughs> was me. So uh, the next year I definitely had a, a little extra added uh, animosity uh, towards you. All right, so let's take a quick break to talk about Jersey Mike's before we get on with the rest of this podcast. Guys, if you're listening to this one that you've heard us talk about Jersey Mike's before, all that you need to know is heels 15 because that's the code to get 15% off of your whole order from Jersey Mike subs of Chapel Hill. You can use that code for your online order at any of the Chapel Hill, Hillsboro, and the new Chatham County store. And that Chatham County location is located at Chatham Crossing and the Lowe's Food Shopping Center. It's only a 12-minute drive from the heart of Chapel Hill, right down 15501. It's on the way for anyone coming to Chapel Hill from Larenburg, Pioneer, Southern Pine, Sanford, or Pittsburgh. Support the IC Podcast and thank Charlie, Clint, and Griffin at Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill for their continued support of the Inside Carolina. Use the code HEELS15 and get that 15% off. You go to jerseymikes.com slash order, click the location nearest to you, choose your order, pick your favorite sub, and at checkout, enter HEELS15 to get that 15% off. You get to skip the line, head straight to the register, grab your food, and you're on your way. Do it today. Place an online order at one of the five Chapel Hill, Hillsborough, and Chatham County locations. It's a super easy process. Just remember that code, HEELS15. And also look for Jersey Mike's inside of Keene Stadium and with the tailgate guys this fall. So support the IC Podcast and get 15% off of your Jersey Mike's order. It's a win-win. All right, EJ, going to backtrack a little bit here because when you were in high school, you talked about how you always thought that you would um, go to UVA. Imagine you were you, you would have considered yourself a UVA fan at that point in time. Was the rivalry between Virginia and UNC, was that a big deal to you? Like, were you aware of it as a high school player? To be perfectly honest with you, I was not aware um aware of the rivalry uh and i hate to kind of admit this but it's a it's a funny story kind of seeing where i am now uh based where i was then the only thing i knew of unc football at that point was lawrence taylor and julius pepper so uh up in virginia we really didn't hear a lot about uh unc unless it was basketball season uh and, and even then there was only talk about it when we played unc or virginia tech i mean up here is a pretty uh tight-knit uh and loyal fan base to those two virginia schools 
but I didn't get as much as the over the rivalry until uh, we really got to college. And I, I still don't think I don't think it's played up as much as people uh, play it up with the oldest rivalry in the South. But like we uh, just mentioned earlier, it was a personal rivalry for me. So it kind of it, it's definitely picked up a little bit more uh, now that uh, UVA's kind of has some bumps of their own. And we've kind of been um, owning that rivalry a little bit over the past few seasons. It's definitely a bigger deal here. Uh, I, I'll go into a room or meet a UVA alum and they say, uh, oh, we're going to get you this year. Or, or something like that. So I definitely do think it's becoming it, it, the robbers really picking back up. And that's really good to see because the place that these two programs are in, we definitely need as much uh, excitement around our program as we can get right now. It's kind of one of those weird things where Carolina had that very long losing streak up in Charlottesville. And it was kind of that strange situation where for basically 364 days out of the year, it's like you said, EJ, basketball was kind of the major focus of UNC and Virginia. But I'd tell you, on that one day, especially those Virginia fans and their student body, if you were a Carolina fan up there, they let you have it. I don't know if they just stored up the spite for the rest of the year and let it all go at that one time. But you mentioned that Thursday night game. What was it like as a player? Like, do you remember anything specific about the fans? Were they getting after you guys at all, either before, during, or after the game? I remember everything about that game. I even remember uh, the kickoff that uh, the players could barely see because they had done fireworks before the game, so there was still a (laughs) mist. And uh, Ryan Taylor, who was a true freshman that year, went down the field on a kickoff and came to the sideline and he had busted his head. So that kind of set the tempo for us mentally during that game. But I mean, the crowd was, it it was just electric. I mean, it's, it's like when I look back at that game and think about how the crowd was, it's almost like I wasn't in UVA stadium because I mean, I've been to a lot of UVA games. I've watched a lot of UVA games on TV when I was in high school, and I never felt that same energy that was in the crowd. Of course, they were uh, excited about the new uh, dual-threat quarterback uh, who was a four-star coming out of high school. They got a chance to see him play, but it it was electric. In the crowd, they definitely let us have it. I mean, of course, UVA is kind of seen as kind of the the, the wine and cheese uh, when, when compared to Virginia Tech. So the fans let us have it. It wasn't anything rude or out of the line like you get probably playing in state or miami but they definitely let you have it and let you know that they uh weren't happy about you being in their stadium and they wanted to make sure that you left with a uh with a another uh notch in the l column but they definitely have fans that support them uh through and through so it should be a good uh, atmosphere and environment for the game saturday like i said there's just something about whenever virginia fans just see that 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 Carolina blue in their football stadium, they just get angry about it. What about the players themselves, EJ? Like we we've talked in the past about how much trash other teams talk. And you know, you guys mentioned that Miami is up there, NC State's up there. What about the Virginia players? Like, did they ever really, you know, kind of try to make things personal? Because I'd assume that there's a lot of crossover between guys that, you know, went to high school in North Carolina and ended up playing football in Virginia and then vice versa, where a lot of Virginia kids are at Chapel Hill playing football nowadays. I definitely think it, it, there was some level of uh, of personal rivalries there. But the, the thing that's so unique about this is that it was always player to player. So you never have a guy that would just generally talk trash to the whole team. But if there was someone he knew, someone he had an issue with the, the game before, the season before, then they'll definitely have an issue. I, I will say that they kind of hold on to grudges more so than uh, any normal team would, but uh, they definitely do their fair share of trash talking, their fair share of chipping. I know uh, 
our defensive line had a personal rivalry with their offensive line. Uh, they just thought that they were better than us, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. So uh, we had it in our mind that we wanted to go out and prove that uh, we were the better uh the better unit uh, as a whole. So I will say that there, it wasn't just another game for, for either side. Both teams had their personal vendettas. Both teams wanted to get that win and both teams want to participate in the oldest rivalry in the South. So uh, for me, uh, the most personal, the most personal games I've ever played. Uh, I didn't have the chance to play against uh, Jamil my sophomore and junior year because he was suspended. But that uh, freshman game, uh, the game we played my freshman year, as well as the game I played my senior year, are probably two of the games where I've uh, invested the most emotionally. So uh, there is a lot of personal player to player personal uh, rivalries there. And then what about like rivalries from high school? Because you guys knew each other. You, you've mentioned now several teammates or guys that you knew in high school that played for the Cavaliers. Did that ever come into play? Like, did you guys have a few extra little digs that you knew? Like, hey, if I mention this about this guy, that's going to set him off and maybe get into his head a little bit. Well, for me, I didn't have a lot of my, my high school team was historically terrible. So out of 108, <laughs> out of 118 teams of Virginia, my senior year, we were ranked 117. And the two games I won against in high school, well, where I was two and 28, my three years playing varsity, the two games were against the same team. And that was the, team, the only team ranked beneath us in the whole state. So I really didn't have as big of an advantage uh, as far as bringing up stuff like that. And because of the honestly the level of competition I played against in high school, I didn't see a lot of the the players I played against. Um, actually, I think from the AA level in Virginia, I think Vic Hall may have been the only person on uh, Virginia's team that I was familiar with uh, from competition. But uh, I would have to say some of the other guys, like uh, Bobby Rome and some of the guys that played out in the Tidewater area, they definitely, they probably looked forward to it a little bit more than I did because they knew multiple people who were on that team. They knew multiple alumni uh, who, who played football there, who they wanted to kind of go back home and get into their circles of their own friends and just have bragging rights. So there definitely were some extra digs there amongst those players. Now, what what total years were you at Carolina, EJ? Was it 04 to 09 with your red shirt? 05 to 09 with my red shirt. So I red shirted my freshman year in 2005, and then I was uh, on the field for 6, 7, 8, 9. Okay, so unfortunately, those were the four years that Virginia won every single matchup. Mm-hmm, and that overtime <laughs> lost my junior year. Uh, funny story about that is uh, they have a picture of me in the Richmond Times Dispatch me on one knee just depressed while the fans rush the field and there's this fan just shooting me the bird right in my face. So <laughs> that, 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 I think that one picture kind of sums up uh, my career against uh, UVA. But the, the one thing I will say uh, that I, I think I remember that I'm so fond of this rivalry is because uh, my senior year, Coach Davis made it a point. Coach Davis said, I'd never make anything personal. I'd never make any of these games personal. But he said, I want to make this personal for one of my seniors. Uh, he kind of, and, and the next thing you know, that picture was up on the screen. And I mean, I, I got emotional because to have a coach to kind of see that rivalry and what it means to you and kind of what it does to lose. I mean, it, mean, it means a lot to me. And I felt like that my team kind of put that on their shoulders and they went out and they, and they played hard for me. Unfortunately, we still didn't get the win, but I will say that I, I do have a lot of fond memories, both uh, within the program and on the field with this UVA rivalry. So with that photo, do you recall the, the fan? Like, did you actually see him at all when whoever it was that was just giving you the double birds there? Like, were you aware of that? 
Oh yeah, we made eye contact. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a fan. It, 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 and honestly, I mean, I think it was all emotion. He didn't say too much. He shot the bird and kept on about his business. So I mean, I, that 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 image is forever grained in my mind. I can I, I can tell you exactly what position I was in. I can tell you what gloves and cleats I was wearing. I can tell you where the exact stains were on my jersey because that's something that's burned in my subconscious forever. Dang, man. Well, look, you handled it the right way because I don't know, for, for a lot of people out there, they may not have reacted because I'm pretty sure, you know, you had a few pounds and could probably bench a little bit more than whoever that fan was. Yeah, I think I had the advantage by a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and I'm looking at these scores here, EJ, and, you know, the 06 game was, I guess, the closest thing to a potential blowout. It was 23-0, to 0, Virginia won. That was in Charlottesville. Every other game, though, uh, 22-20 in 07, 16-13 in 08, and then the 16-3 in 09. So, you know, you guys on the defense, I mean, really stepped it up, and to be frank, I think that was situations where if the offense had just had a little bit better performances, y'all definitely could have turned that around. At least it had been like two and two. The only game I really remember was that 16-13 game in, in the 08 team in Charlottesville because that was the year that I thought Carolina was going to break the curse. And dang, that I think that like Carolina had some bad interceptions in that game, or was it a fumble that just that caused them to lose that one as they were like going in for a winning score at some point? I think it may be a fumble. One, the one thing I do remember is that uh, that's one of the first games that Sean Drone got to play running back. And uh, he actually had a really good, uh, really good game uh, that game. So I think that there was a fumble or some type of mishap that kind of derailed us because I felt like we were in control of that game for the, for the majority of it. And I definitely felt like we were in a position to win it at the end of overtime. So I will say that that's one of the more heartbreaking losses that I've suffered in my playing career, uh, whether it be high school, college, or pro. All right, so give the fans one story from the trenches, EJ, just from any of of the games against Virginia. What's like one play that you remember that you're like, dang, I crushed that one? And then what's a play that you remember thinking, yeah, that one kind of got away from me there? I could use uh, both interactions with my uh, with Jamil Sewell. So the first one, um, the 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 first one with the one I'll say was good, where I know I killed it. Uh, Jamil, uh, he they they had a play where they shift just basically drift the offensive line. I was supposed to be a quick quick hitting pass, and I saw the play coming, so I split. Uh, I actually did something I was supposed to do. I, I dived in the B gap. And I was right in his face. Uh, so before he could really get set and see uh, who was out there, he had to throw the ball away. And, of course, this is the first time I got to really put some contact on him. So I hit him with the play that probably would be getting me for targeting uh, these days. I put my uh, <laughs> face mask uh, right into his rib cage and drove him to the ground. And uh, the next play, uh, he had the whole offensive line huddle around him, and he came back out for the next play. I'm like, man, I know I just hit him. Why is he still in for this next play? So after the game, uh, I actually, I got to see him and spend some time with him. He said, man, you almost put me out of the game. He said, when you hit me uh, when I was rolling out, he said, I have to tell my offensive lineman to stand around me because I could not let you see uh, how much pain he put me in. So that, that, that was definitely one of the highlights. And the one where I can say got away from me 
would be uh, my freshman year. Uh, they were running a read option play. Uh, my play, it was my responsibility to take the quarterback. Uh, it was my freshman year, one of the first games I had ever played. So I'm watching the ball. I bit down on the um, the dive play. Next thing you know, here comes Jamil out the other side, and the only thing you see is him beating me on the angle and running around the corner for a touchdown. And uh, that's a play that still to this day, uh, what is it, 12 years later, I still have not lived that down. <laughs> you can remember probably like what you had for breakfast that day, I bet. Oh, oh yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. I definitely <laughs> – I, I know what I had for, uh, for dinner. I ate a lot of crow because I talked a lot of trash <laughs> during that week, so <laughs> – Nice. Um, before we, we keep on talking, EJ, let's talk Let's get to our second sponsored segment, and that's HeelsTravel.com. Guys, if you are looking for the easiest way to book travel to UNC away basketball and football games, look no further than HeelsTravel.com. Right now, they are offering a package to Chicago to see UNC take on Kentucky on December 22nd. It'll be one of the biggest games of the entire college, college basketball season, so you do not want to miss that one. Visit HeelsTravel.com now or call 336-855-0060 to book your package. That one includes nonstop airfare from RDU to Chicago, transportation to and from the airport to the hotel, and a two-night stay at the Chicago Omni, right where the basketball team is staying in downtown Chicago. It's a great chance to see your Tar Heels on a huge stage against a great opponent and to also be able to check out a great city right around Christmas time. So visit Heels Travel now or call 336-855-0060 to book. All right, so EJ, the tide started to turn in this rivalry to UNC's favor literally the year after you graduated because in 010 was when Carolina did finally break the curse and they whooped Virginia in Charlottesville 44-10. to That's actually the first road game that I ever attended. And I remember I was there in the crowd and we had a blast for the first time in generations. Were you there for that game in 2010 or were you still, I guess you would have been in the NFL. So were you able to get to it or were you watching on TV? I watched it on TV and I enjoyed every single moment of that game. I felt like I honestly felt like I was out there playing because it was such a proud moment for me to be able to just, you know, talk a little trash to uh, the UVA (laughs) alum that I knew, Uh, even though I wasn't a part of it. I felt like that my, uh, that the, my fingerprints were still kind of on that team because some of the younger guys that I helped uh, come along were still on that team with Quinn Coples. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, I don't think yeah Marvin didn't play that year, but Sean was still there. Just the plethora of the other guys I knew, so I, I really felt like I was a part of that victory. And um, even a couple guys even text me after the game and say, "Hey, we we finally got them for you." So it, it kind of made me feel good. Nice. And then you know Virginia Tech is kind of seen is kind of seen as the real football rival and I think especially right now if you did ask most Carolina fans who would you rather beat they would say Virginia Tech because of everything that's happened with the NCAA and also Virginia Tech is seen as a little bit more of a recruiting rival at this point but when it comes to your perspective EJ do you think that Virginia Tech is above Virginia like in terms of teams that you personally want to beat or are they still right around that same level? 
I would say Virginia Tech is always going to be higher on the list of people you want to beat, uh, mainly because of the dominance that they proved to have since entering the ACC. If, if you're beating Virginia Tech, more than likely you're beating a ranked team and you're beating the team at the top of your conference. So I definitely think that a high level of appreciation and, a, uh, and there's more want to uh, I won't say more want to to beat Virginia Tech, but it's definitely kind of circled on the schedule as a more important game because the stakes are probably going to be higher. By the time we play UVA, uh, just going off uh, the past, they're usually not in any, any contention for the ACC uh, championship uh, to win their side of the division. And uh, it's, it's, it's like just another ACC game, whereas beating Virginia Tech could propel you into another uh, to a whole different stratosphere, whether it be through rank or whether it be, uh, like you said, another ACC victory. So I think just because of the success of Virginia Tech's program, I do think they're slightly above, uh, slightly above UVA as far as, the uh, looking forward to play them and kind of the, the want to them and the importance and the kind of degree to which we hold up that victory. So, um, and and I think that's the only reason uh, UVA has been a good program, but Virginia Tech has, has proven more success. Now, Virginia did beat Carolina last year in Chapel Hill 2014. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall, the new coach there at Virginia, kind of trying to get his program in the right direction this season believe they are four and two or they might be five and two because I know that they just beat Duke uh, last Saturday so when it comes to this coming up Saturday again it's in Charlottesville Carolina has actually won the last I'm counting right now four games up in Virginia so I'd imagine that the Cavalier fans are really going to be hoping that they reverse that losing streak that they have in their home state against the Heels. Yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, they're definitely going to be wanting this victory. I definitely think that the rivalry is kind of increasing their eyes. They can always kind of looked at us, especially while I was there. It's kind of a little brother who they just kind of got to beat up on. But now we've come into their home turf. Uh, we've pretty much uh, written our name in the concrete outside of uh, their stadium. So I I know that they'll be ready to go. Uh, this is probably it's that time of the year. I don't know if it's their homecoming or, or what it is. They usually try to have some type of special uh, to-do going on uh, whenever we visit uh, Charlottesville. But I'm looking forward to us going up there and just continuing the streak of victories uh, against them. It's a rivalry that can Im- impact recruiting. It's the oldest rivalry in the South, and most importantly, it's an ACC game, and it's a chance for us to get back on the, on the winning streak. So I think this is a, a really important game for us, and uh, hopefully we can go in there and, and shut some of those fans up on Saturday. Well, if Carolina is going to try to turn the season around, it's crunch time at this point. And you know, the, I think Virginia was favored by around a touchdown when the early lines came out. So, EJ, let's close it out with this, man. If Carolina is going to actually get a win against a ACC opponent that's not named Pitt, they've given away their last two games, and they are giveaways. There's really no other way to, to put that. Carolina should have won against Virginia Tech and against Syracuse, in my opinion. So what do you think they need to do differently against Virginia? Or is it something just as simple as, guys, make that one extra play and close it out? Exactly what you just said. Make that one extra play and close it out. The, the key word that I think Larry Fedora should be preaching around the facility this week is finish. We've started out all these games good. We haven't kind of – we've gotten out of the blocks very well in both these games, even though we kind of let that early touchdown go against Virginia Tech. 
and Syracuse uh, kind of w- was able to have a little bit of early success. It's all about finishing. It's all about what we're doing in that fourth quarter when we have a lead or if we're in a position to take a lead to really assert ourselves in that game. We have to take care of the ball. We have to make the plays that we know we can make, and we just have to finish. We have to finish on blocks. We have to finish on runs. We have to finish on tackles, and we just have to be uh, technique sound. And as always, no matter what, no matter who you're asking me about, I'm going to say that up front, offensive and defensive line have to be dominant. They have to set the tone for this game, uh, and they have to come in and and let let, uh, UVA's offensive and defensive line know that we're here. We're going to be here all day, and we plan on kicking you in the teeth. So, I'm excited about what I saw the last two weeks. Uh, even though we found uh, creative ways to lose, I still think there are a lot of positives in there. So I think if we kind of build upon everything that we've done the last two weeks and just add some finishing there, take care of the ball, take care of a lead, and stop them uh, on defense, I think that we'll have a good day. And then real quick, motivation. It's going to be something that we're going to hear all week long about the team trying to stay positive and stay motivated. The fact that this is the South's oldest rivalry and it is a very heated, contested ACC opponent, do you think that that will help the team keep their focus and not get down about themselves? I definitely think it will. I've seen resiliency from this team, so I I, I won't doubt this team's heart and I won't doubt their courage. That's one thing that uh, I was kind of shaky on earlier in the season, but I'm really seeing that. And I think the fact that this is a, a contested ACC game, this is someone we've had success against uh, over the past few seasons. I do, uh, well, historically over the past few seasons, I do think there'll be a little extra motivation. One, ACC game. Two, players are going to see this as a chance to kind of get off of uh, off of the losing snide. Yeah, UVA, has, they're having a pretty decent season so far, but they are who they are and we are who we are. So we need to go out there and finish, play strong. And I do think that all the motivation that our team would ever need in the world is there for them. All right. That's awesome to hear you, Jay. Well, hey, appreciate you talking with me and sharing some of those war stories, man. We will see what happens in Charlottesville on Saturday. But for now, we'll go ahead and sign off. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Inside Carolina podcast presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finance is made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie.